Life Church, let's just give God all of the praise right now. Hallelujah. Go ahead and give Him praise today. On Pentecost Sunday, give Him praise today. Hallelujah. The Lord, He is good. He is great and greatly to be praised. There is none like unto the Lord our God. Hallelujah. He's worthy of the praise. He's worthy of the praise. He woke us up this morning. Started us on our way. Hallelujah. Set our feet on straight street. Moved us in the right direction. And we give him all the praise and the glory in Jesus' precious name. We welcome you today to the Pentecost Sunday celebration. And we have a reason to celebrate today perhaps beyond any other Pentecost Sunday. Simply because the Lord has been so good to us has brought us through and is bringing us through a very challenging season of our life. We're excited that a week from today we're going to be able to gather together. It's going to be unique. It's going to be different. But we'll take that. And uh, we look forward to seeing those who are able to make it. Uh, we do want to reassure those who do not feel uh, comfortable yet uh, coming out and gathering that we understand that. There's absolutely no shame in that. And uh, we want those who feel at risk or who are uh, vulnerable to this uh, situation, we want you to, to be safe. And your health is uh, of utmost importance to us. And so we want you to know that you're still here with us right now. And we're worshiping the Lord together. And uh, we're going to continue to do that in Jesus' name. But a week from today, uh, we uh, hope and pray to see those who are able to make it uh, gather together in one of our services in the name of the Lord and we're going to have a good time in the Lord and we give him all of the praise and the glory in Jesus name I also want to announce that tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. you don't want to miss it it's going to be a Pentecost Sunday online virtual presentation that you certainly want to tune into we're going to be receiving from the ministries of uh, Dr. David Bernard, the General Superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church International, and from the uh, Presiding Bishop of the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World, Bishop Theodore Brooks, uh, two giants of the apostolic faith are going to be ministering uh, the word of the Lord uh, to the Day of Pentecost Celebration Foundation throughout the uh, greater metroplex of Cincinnati, Ohio. It starts at 7 o'clock tonight, and uh, you won't want to miss that. It's going to be a great time in the Holy Ghost. This is Pentecost Sunday, and uh, it's, it's an amazing experience, the experience of receiving the Holy Ghost. And the first time that it was poured out, uh, it was poured out in the book of Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. And that's what we're celebrating here today. And we want to look into the word of the Lord. We want to thank you again for your continued faithfulness to God. Thank you for your forbearance and for your patience as we have, uh, as we have journeyed through this trying time. And again, we look forward to beginning the process of gathering together again with some modifications so that we can be safe and we can be healthy and that we can gather in a, uh, in a way that is good for all, in Jesus' name. I'm reading this morning from the book of Jeremiah, and I want to uh, turn your attention to the 31st chapter, Jeremiah chapter 31, 
And we're going to read one verse of scripture. I want to read to you verse 33. The word of the Lord says this, But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. He said, I'm going to write my law in their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. I want to preach to you this Pentecost Sunday morning on the subject written in our hearts written in our hearts let's go to the lord together right now and pray over his word god we give you praise today we thank you for the mighty power hallelujah of the holy ghost lord we need you today more than ever before we ask in the name of jesus that you will let your word come to life in this moment of preaching and sharing and i pray lord that you will let your word go forth in multiplied ways, just as it has proliferated through the airwaves. I pray, God, that it will continue to do just that touching and reaching and ministering to the hearts of men and women all over this world. God, we give you praise for it. I ask for an anointing upon the preaching of your word today. We honor you, we worship you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Thank the Lord. The day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 was fully come, the Bible says. And that when it was come fully, they were all with one accord in one place. Now if you are an apostolic Pentecostal believer, you're familiar with this moment in the scriptures, Acts chapter 2. Where they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Now when the Bible says that the day of Pentecost was fully come, that doesn't just mean that the day of Pentecost had finally arrived on that given year or in that given series of feasts of the Lord, but it, it is a deeper meaning than that. It also means that when it was fully come in the sense that when it was fulfilled. Every feast of Pentecost that Israel had ever celebrated up to that point was pointing to this day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Every time they celebrated the Feast of Weeks or Shavuot or the Feast of Pentecost, 50 days after the Feast of Passover, it was symbolic of what was about to happen in Acts chapter 2. So when the writer of Acts 2 says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, he wasn't just saying that the night had passed and now a new day had dawned. No, no. He was saying that this is Pentecost. This is the moment that all of these other feasts have been symbolically preparing us to experience when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place hallelujah and, and and you know what that's something we've always quoted that's something that we've always rejoiced about and declared 
But I'm going to tell you, it means more now than it ever meant before. Can I get a witness? Can I get an amen? When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and they were all in one place. I pray we will never take for granted again the opportunity we have had through the years and are going to have to gather together into one place in one accord. And I, and I thank God that even when we're not able to be in one place, we are able to be with one accord. Glory to God in the precious revelation and faith in Jesus Christ. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came this sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. It sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Now there were devout Jews out of every nation under heaven that gathered together in the upper room because the Bible says it was noised abroad what was happening in the upper room. And, and they came from every nation under heaven. And when they walked in and saw these people speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God would give the utterance, they, they, they looked at one another and they said, what meaneth this? That we hear these men speaking in our languages wherein we were born. They said we hear Parthian. We hear the language of the Medes and the, and the Arabians. We hear the Cretes. We hear the Greeks. We, we hear those of Pamphylia. We hear these men speaking in the languages wherein we were born. And we know they don't know those languages, but they're speaking them fluently. What was happening? They were speaking in a tongue that was unknown to them, but that tongue was put in their mouth. That language was given utterance unto them by way of the Holy Spirit of God. It is a phenomenon. Some people call it glossolalia, many tongues. They observed this happen and they were astounded in Acts chapter 2 to see these people speaking in other tongues. And they looked to Peter and said, what meaneth this? There was another crowd that day who did not speak multiple languages and did not understand the languages that were being spoken by those in the upper room. And instead of being amazed and even impressed that they were hearing their own language being spoken, a native language that was unknown to these who were speaking it, they weren't impressed at all. They said, these men are drunk. I know what this is. They're drunk. But Peter stood up with the rest of the apostles and said to the crowd who thought that these men were intoxicated, these people were intoxicated, he said, these men are not drunk, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that. Hallelujah. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. What was spoken by the prophet Joel? In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. And on my servants and on my handmaidens will I pour out my spirit in those days. This 
is that? Peter proceeded to preach Jesus to those who said they were drunk and to those who questioned, what meaneth this? Peter told them, this is that? This speaking in tongues that you're amazed by, is that outpouring of the Holy Ghost prophesied by the prophet Joel? And then he preached Jesus unto them. And he preached to them that when David spoke, he spoke of Messiah. That when the prophets spoke, they spoke of Messiah. And then he let them know that this Christ, you took him by wicked hands. You crucified him and you slew him. You hanged him on a tree. In fact, he came to verse 36 and said, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that this same Jesus whom ye have crucified, God has made him both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart because they, they, they didn't realize that Jesus is the Messiah. And it wasn't until Peter preached Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection from the dead. They did not realize that Jesus was the Messiah until the word of God revealed it unto them. And I want you to know something. When the Holy Ghost begins to move, like it moved in the upper room, when the Holy Ghost begins to move and the word goes forth, there is revelation. Hallelujah. Revelation that comes. You begin to see Jesus more clearly. You begin to see the power. Hallelujah of his name. You see the power of his spirit. You see your own need for him in your life. And that's what began to happen. The spirit was moving. The word was going forth. If you're a student of the scripture, that may sound familiar to you when the spirit moves and the word goes forth. That happened in Genesis chapter 1. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That's the same spirit that was poured out at Pentecost. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And then the word went forth. Just as Peter preached the word on the day of Pentecost, the word went forth in Genesis chapter 1. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And I want you to know that that same light that shined in Genesis chapter 1 is the light that shined upon the darkness of those men and women's hearts who stood in the upper room, seeking God and hearing the message of Pentecost. And they responded to it and said, what shall we do? It's a powerful combination. The spirit of God and the word of God. It's so powerful that Jesus told the woman at the well, God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. This is the combination, ladies and gentlemen, that can make a new creature out of an individual. That can remove the old ways and bring about newness of life. It can, in a moment, bring deliverance. In a moment, it can bring power. I've seen people, in the moment that God filled them with the Holy Ghost, I've seen people lose their taste 
for alcohol, lose their taste for nicotine. I've seen people lose their, their dependency on chemicals. I've seen people's hate melt and be replaced by the precious love of Almighty God because there's something that happens when the Spirit and the Word begin to move in the life of an individual. That's what Pentecost, hallelujah, is all about. It's about the Spirit and the Word moving upon an individual's life. And just as it brought forth creation in Genesis 1, it brought forth new creation in Acts chapter 2. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Hallelujah, that is the message of Pentecost. Now, when they heard this message Peter preached, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? That's when Peter said unto them, my God have mercy. Get your pen, get your notepad, get ready to type it in your notes, get it in your heart, get it in your mind, let it roll off your tongue. What Peter then said to them are some of the most important words ever uttered on this earth. He said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you. Yeah, you, whoever's listening to me right now, hallelujah, you, the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm thankful to God for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful to God for the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful to God for the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. It'll get down deep on the inside of you. It'll get down into the members of your body. It'll get down into your soul and sanctify you. Glory to God. It will take control of your life. It'll move in you in a dramatic way. This is the Holy Ghost we're talking about. This isn't just a one-time experience. Yes, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you will speak with other tongues. Just as they did in Acts chapter 2. And just as they did in Acts chapter 10. And just as they did in Acts chapter 19. You will speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Oh, but it's not a one-time experience. It's an everyday experience. It's the spirit of the living God living on the inside of you, moving inside of you, operating inside of you. Don't let your candle go out. Keep the fire burning. Don't reduce this, ladies and gentlemen, to a little story in Acts chapter 2. Don't limit this to a one-time or two times or three-time experience in your own life but ladies and gentlemen let the power of the Holy Ghost as seen in Pentecost Acts chapter 2 let it be alive and well at Pentecost 2020 blessed be the name of the Lord now we can shout about Acts chapter 2 because ladies and gentlemen it didn't it didn't just it didn't just happen in that moment and then stop no, no, the Bible said that, that they were added to the church daily, such as should be saved. And there were 3,000 added in one day to the church of the living God. This is Pentecost. And we celebrate Acts chapter 2. We celebrate that moment where God poured out his spirit 
and took up dwelling in the hearts of his people. But let's go back deeper into Pentecost and understand Acts chapter 2 was a fulfillment of what original Pentecost was all about. Now, of course, we understand that it was an agricultural harvest feast and festival, but there was a deep spiritual component to this. It, it is connected also to when Moses received the Ten Commandments from the Lord. When I was in Jerusalem on Pentecost Sunday, it was, a, it was an overwhelming crowd of people who gathered in Jerusalem. They were there to celebrate Shavuot. They were there to celebrate when the Lord gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. And he gave him those Ten Commandments inscribed in tables of stone. Now, you may remember, and if you don't, let me refresh your memory or, or share with you for the first time you may be hearing this. Moses, when he first received the commandments from God in stone, he came down from that mountain only to find the children of Israel engaged in a horrific act of idolatry. Here God had just delivered them from the land of Egypt, had done great wonders in their sight. And they have already backslid and turned their heart against the Lord. And they have made for themselves a golden calf. And they worship this golden calf like the heathens worship idols. And here Moses is descending from the mountain where he's been talking with God, hearing his word and receiving the commandments of the Lord. Commandments like, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Commandments like, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Commandments like, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor, thou shalt not covet. Honor thy father and thy mother. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The commandments... Of the Lord. And he's holding them. They are inscribed in stone. By the finger of almighty God. And he sees this display. Of heathenistic idolatry. And he couldn't take it. He just. He slammed those tablets down to the ground. And they shattered. They shattered into. Pieces. And, 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 and it teaches us something. Those commandments. You and I, we've broken some of those commandments. We're guilty of transgressing the law. You say, well, I've never killed anybody. Jesus said, if you've hated somebody, then, then, then you have transgressed the law of thou shalt not kill. And you say, well, I've never committed adultery. Jesus said, if you look on a woman and lust after her, then you have committed adultery with her already in your heart. And have transgressed the law of thou shalt not commit adultery. See, the commandments aren't something that you just keep according to the letter of the law. You keep it according to the letter and the spirit of the law. And when Moses came down from that mountain, he's holding those commandments. And he threw them to the ground. And every one of those commandments broke at one time. All ten commandments, he broke them. Just like that in an instant. And the Lord had to say, Moses, we got to go back to work. We got to get these Ten Commandments back in place. This time, however, I don't want you to hold them in your arms. I want you to put them in the Ark of the Covenant. And th those commandments were placed in the Ark of the Covenant. And they were preserved. Here's what that teaches us. That teaches us that when we try to keep the commandments of God with our hands of flesh and blood, 
with our own willpower, our own determination, our own self-will, our own self-discipline. When we try to keep those commandments, we're going to fail every time. We're going to break them, transgress them. We're going to fail at keeping the law. This was the problem for every individual that ever lived. The apostle teaches us that the law itself is perfect. Jesus came to fulfill the law. Not because the law was imperfect. The law was perfect. But it was weak through the flesh. It was perfect in and of itself. But through the flesh of humanity, its weakness was glaring. And we see the weakness of it in Moses. Moses, his, his rage got to him. He lost his self-control. He lost his temperance. And he cast those tablets of stone down to the ground. That's what you and I have done. When our emotions run high, we break the law of God. When our flesh gets the better of us, we transgress the law of God. God said, your fleshly hands can't keep my law. And here's the, here's the hard truth, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not going to keep the law of God, you're not going to spend eternity with him in glory. That's the hard truth. You and I, we are sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If we're lawbreakers, and I mean the breakers of God's law, we're not going to spend eternity with him in glory. So how do we keep a law that we can't keep? How do we hold on to a law and commit ourselves to a law that our flesh finds impossible to keep? Even if we keep the letter of the law, we're incapable of keeping the spirit of the law. The rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, I've kept all the law from my youth until now. You name one of the commandments and I'll show you how I have never violated that commandment. And Jesus said, okay, here's the real test of whether or not you're telling the truth. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And at that commandment of Jesus, the man was incapable of following through, proving that he had kept the letter, but not the spirit of the law. How do we keep a law we can't keep? God said, Moses, you can't keep it with your hands. I want you to put it in the covenant. That's where the law is kept. That's where the law goes unbroken. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Y'all might have to shout in Jesus' name right now. That's where the law goes unbroken. That's where the law is maintained and kept. It's not in your fleshly hands, but in the covenant you have with God. And notice what Jeremiah said in our text. He said this. He said, this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward hearts hallelujah and write it in their hearts and i will be their god and they shall be my people i'm going to put my law not in their fleshly hands i'm going to inscribe it in their hearts and so on the feast of weeks at that time of shavuot where moses was receiving the ten commandments 50 days after the passover it's still something we celebrate today. And when you get to the day of Pentecost, oh yeah, we like to talk about the mighty rushing wind. We like to talk about the cloven tongues like as a fire. We like to hear Peter preach, this is that. We love to see the vision, get the visual of, of the men as they were 
respond, men and brethren, what shall we do? And, and, and Peter coming forth with that declarative plan of salvation, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But what was really happening in Acts chapter 2? What was really happening on that day of Pentecost? Was it just an emotional experience? Was it just a, a miraculous phenomenon where Peter, people had the ability to speak a language they never spoke before? What was it that was actually happening on the day of Pentecost? I'll tell you what was happening. God was putting his law in a place where it could be kept. Just as he gave the law to Moses and told him, don't try to keep this law with your fleshly hands. Put it in the covenant you have with me. Here's the covenant. I'm going to write my law in your inward parts. I'm going to write my law in your heart. Hallelujah. So that when you walk out into this world, you're not just hoping and trying your very best not to steal or not to covet or not to commit adultery. No, no. When you let the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, work in your life, it's going to be inscribed in your heart and God will literally remove from you. You hear what the word of the Lord is saying. Remove from you the desire to commit transgression against the law of God. You say, well, well am I never going to be tempted? Oh, I, don't, don't, don't get it twisted. You're going to be tempted. But you're going to have power. Hallelujah. Over the temptation. Oh, you're going to have times where your flesh rises up against you. And rages against you. And, and tries to tempt you. The Bible said every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And what is the purpose of your lust enticing you? What is the purpose of that temptation occurring in your life? The, the purpose of it all is in relationship to the fact the enemy wants you to break that law. The enemy wants you to transgress the law of God. The enemy wants you to live in condemnation. The enemy wants you to live a life of total subservience to him lording over you. You don't have to live like that anymore. God can give you power through the Holy Ghost. Power to live right. Power to walk right. Power to talk right. Not through your own will. Not through your own disciplines and your regiments. Now disciplines are good. Don't get me wrong, but the power is not in your discipline. The discipline gives you an ability to stay plugged into the power. Hallelujah. And so you want the power, not of your spirit, but the power of the spirit of the Lord. I can hear Jesus say it in that synagogue when he was unveiling who he really is. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to preach deliverance to the captive. To, to, to preach liberty to them that are bruised and, and to open the eyes of the blind and to unlock the prison door. It, what, what's going on? The Spirit of the Lord is empowering this. And the Spirit of the Lord will empower you and I to go forth and do what God has anointed us to do. It happens through the power of the Holy Ghost. What was happening in that upper room on that day of Pentecost was the Spirit of God was writing his law on the inward part of humanity. When you experience the plan of salvation, repentance, turning from your 
wicked ways. Being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That name, hallelujah, that carries the precious blood that washes away every sin stain. And when you receive the gift, that's right, the gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want you to know that God is writing his law on the inside of you. It's no longer on a tablet of stone that you reference and hope you can measure up to. No, no, it's on the inside of you. It's, it's affecting even the members of your own body. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against the enemy. Who does it? The Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against the enemy. See, we've been dealing with an enemy over the last two months in the, in the, in the form of this virus. And, and the enemy came in like a flood. And there were moments that were, that were difficult and challenging. And, and, and we've heard all kinds of negative reports. But, but don't, don't discount the fact that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against the enemy. And that Spirit of the Lord is not something external. Not something that's out there somewhere that you got to somehow get a hold of. No, when you've got the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the Lord is in you. So when the enemy comes in like a flood against your family, the Spirit of the Lord in you raises up a standard against the enemy. When the enemy comes in like a flood against your marriage and against your peace of mind and against your finances and against your physical health, the Spirit of the living God that lives inside of you raises up a standard against the enemy of your soul. I'm telling you, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to be afraid of. Yes, we practice precaution. Yes, we practice wisdom. But we understand we are filled, hallelujah, with the power, hallelujah, of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that you shall be endued with power from on high after that the holy ghost has come upon you i know we're coming out of quarantine i know that we're coming out of a season that was so surreal and so strange and so just just really unique but i want you to know we're not limping out of it we're not we're not limping out of it we're coming out with power we're coming out with faith we're coming out with boldness we're coming out with courage hallelujah to see what the lord would have us do oh blessed be the name of the lord when they came out of that upper room ladies and gentlemen they didn't come out with a whimper they came out like with the boldness of a lion and when they did they saw miracles signs and wonders glory to god they saw the miracle of multiplication where the church received thousands of people added unto the church Daily, daily, they were added unto the church. That's what happens when the Holy Ghost begins to move in the life of an individual. No, no, we don't back down from it. God forbid that the church would ever back down from preaching and living the power of the Holy Ghost. So what if somebody says that it's not a real thing? You've experienced it. You know it's a real thing. Hallelujah. I've experienced it. I, I don't need somebody to prove it to me. The Lord proved it to me. Listen, when my own flesh wanted to turn against God, the Holy Ghost kept me. The Holy Ghost kept me. 
My flesh didn't keep me. My flesh was being torn this way and that way. But the Holy Ghost kept me. Hallelujah. If you don't have that kind of a relationship with God, you're who I'm preaching to. You need to get a hold of this thing. Except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. If that spirit that raised Christ up from the dead dwell in you, he shall quicken your mortal body in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. The church is filled with the Holy Ghost. We have Holy Ghost power. Glory to God. Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power. And we're coming up out of this. With Holy Ghost power. And we will never be ashamed of it. Never be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God. Unto salvation. To everyone that believeth. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Tree of Life Church. My Lord I feel a prophetic anointing. In Jesus name. We are going to step up out. Of these circumstances. With a greater boldness. And with a greater understanding of the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus name. Let the spirit move. And let the word go forth. And see the miracles of God. His wonders and his signs. To all people. Go ahead and lift your hands with me right now. And let the spirit of God move on you right there in your home. In Jesus name. Right where you are. Let the spirit of God move upon you. Hallelujah. Who cares if the world mocks it. They're mocking something that they don't understand. They're lost. Don't worry about what the world says. You just keep enjoying the communion you have with your heavenly father. And let the spirit of the Lord do what the spirit of the Lord does. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is Pentecost. This is Pentecost. I'm telling you, God can fill you with the Holy Ghost right where you sit or stand. The power of God can touch your family. You have lived too long without the influence of the Holy Ghost in your life. You have lived too long without the influence of the Holy Ghost in your life. When, when will you stop trying to control it? Stop trying to control the outcome of your circumstances. When are you going to trust God? When are you going to release it all to God? Let God make you into that strong man of God, that strong woman of God who's anointed for his purpose. Hallelujah. Come on, let God do it right now in your heart, in your mind, in your home, in the name of Jesus. Square your shoulders. Come on, lift your head in the name of the Lord. Lift your arms, lift your voice, lift your heart to God and say, God, I want you to do something in me. I need the power, hallelujah, of the Holy Ghost. Tree of Life Church, listen to me. Go ahead and go ahead and take off the sackcloth and ashes in Jesus' name. And put on that garment of praise in the name of the Lord. Take off that spirit of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. And understand that God is going before us. Hallelujah. The spirit of the Lord is raising up a standard against our enemy. And we go forward in power. And we go forward in might. And we go forward in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, lift your hands with me right now. We're going to pray in the name of the Lord. God, we need your spirit to move. We need your spirit to move. We know you are willing, but let our hearts be ready and right for you to do all that you want to do through your church and through your people. I pray in the name of Jesus 
that right now this morning somebody would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name right now this morning Lord let them receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name in Jesus name come on lift up your hands right now and let God fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost let God fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let it be done in the name of the Lord. Let it be done in the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, all across this city, go ahead and give God the praise. Go ahead and give God the praise right where you are. Give God all of the praise and the honor and the glory. And let His Spirit fall on you. Just as it did in the book of Acts. And let Him write His law in your heart, making you a pure man of God, a pure woman of God. God bless you today in the name of Jesus Christ.